All right, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, joining you once again, but with a little bit of a twist today. I've been doing quite a bit of watching and prepping for the next couple of episodes coming up, which are going to be more long-form episodes, all focusing on pay-per-views, but with today being the 25th anniversary of Raw and we've not having released a show in a week or two, I thought what better time than to capitalise and do something a little bit different and go over 25 of my uh, favourite Raw memories. This is by no means a definitive list of the best ever 25 moments of Raw. This is simply memories that have come from me watching Raw over the past 25 years. Um, You'll notice that some famous moments are missing, possibly, or probably actually, um, in my downtime of not watching wrestling regularly. So whilst I've been back and seen most of the famous moments, if it doesn't hold a special place in my heart, it's probably because I wasn't watching at the time. Classic example of that being CM Punk's pipe bomb, uh, something I saw much, much later. And while, yes, it's riveting TV, it's not something that I hold near and dear simply because I wasn't really watching the show regularly at that point in time. So with that being said, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into 25 of my favourite Raw memories from the past 25 years. Uh, Hopefully you'll get a little bit of nostalgia listening to some of these. And feel free to tweet in and debate the list if you please. Here we go. There's a to the NWO. What? Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce the new member to the NWO! Who is it? Oh, wait a minute. It can't be. What? Is it really? It's a heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Sometimes these major announcements fall a little bit flat, but not this one. I can't believe this. Shawn Michaels back in the WWE, and Shawn Michaels, a member of the NWO. So any of you that have been listening to the show during the course of its run so far will know that I was gagging for the return of Shawn Michaels in 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, I even enjoyed his commissioner run in 99. Um, but yeah, definitely something I was excited for was the return of Shawn Michaels. Reading all the magazines I could at the time, yes, believe it or not, predating me getting gossip from the internet. Um, there were many, many times that Shawn Michaels' return was on the cards. If you've studied the history of this time period, uh, you'll know that there were certain points where they did look like bringing him back and his demons messed that up before it could happen but this was it this was the real deal this was Shawn Michaels back on our TV and it wasn't a one shot or a um, you know a, a one-off deal this looked like he was returning to boost a fledgling NWO because the NWO having already lost Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall at this point was on its last legs but in my mind on this night Shawn Michaels coming back was just the boost it needed it was a buzz about the product again and it was something you know completely out of left field so that was one of my 25 favorite memories that i come up with today and i hope you enjoyed listening to it that being said let's go on to the next one on the list Ray's ramon playing around and having fun 
You ever see the way a cat will get a bird caught, knock the feathers off it before yes. it devours it? Ah. Same thing. Oh, my goodness. And, whoa, All Razor. Right. Razor missing. Boy, he really came in with that elbow. And I think Razor's dazed. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Man. One of the biggest upsets in the history of Monday Night Raw, if not the biggest, 1-2-3-Kid picking up the victory over Razor Ramon. So 1-2-3-Kid at the time was a enhancement talent, for lack of a better word, not picking up wins on TV. And he was going up against Razor Ramon, one of the biggest stars in the company, and nobody expected him to pick up the victory. Most people probably didn't expect him to get in any offense, but he... Ducks a Razor Ramon charge in the corner, climbs up top, hits him with a moonsault, and pins him for the 1-2-3 in a huge shock that not only launched the career of the 1-2-3 kid, a.k.a. X-Pac, but it really set the tone for one of the catchphrases WWE love to go back to. Anything can happen in the WWE, especially in the early days of Raw. Gave it that air of unpredictability. It was an awesome moment, and yeah, one that... I still love watching to this day, so definitely one of my favourite Raw moments uh, of the past 25 years right there. But we're now going to fast forward several years all the way into 2002, and actually drawing up my list today, I was surprised how many different things from 2002 I came up with as cherished memories, so we'll start to chew through some of these now and see if you remember this one in the high regard that I do. of WrestleMania 18. Brock Lesnar's debut was one of the few things on this list that I actually watched live having the day off work that day and it was just one of those things that if you had never seen him before which I hadn't it made you really sit up and take notice the strength the power decimating the three guys in the ring for the hardcore match being Maven, Al Snow and Spike Dudley and just really made a huge impact. The return of Paul Heyman as well gave a level of intrigue so you wanted to see what was next but as far as debuts go especially for monster characters this was one of the 
best I've ever seen and a really enjoyable moment and it led to a lot more good stuff including a series of really fun beatdowns and fairly one-sided matches against smaller guys that Brock could just go on a tear against in towards building towards the King of the Ring win and ultimately the title win at SummerSlam but for me this was definitely one of my favorite Raw moments and something I've enjoyed going back and watching again today for this show. Moving on from that though, we're going to go to what is the most recent entry on this list and this is something that got me back into wrestling after a several year hiatus. Um, first thing I watched back after a while was the 2014 Royal Rumble and first match on the card was Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt and seeing the crowd really go nuts for Bryan was something intriguing and you know somebody I hadn't watched before personally. Um, something I was really, it, it hooked me pretty quickly so seeing the march towards WrestleMania 30 and the Brian being held down storyline, which was a little bit of art imitating life. I really got hooked on this one and it got me right back in. So this was sort of probably the most memorable part of that buildup. Yes, is in full effect. And tonight we are going to occupy Raw. We are not going to take it anymore. Whoa, 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 look at this. We are united. Guys, I've never seen anything like this in my life. You can't ignore us forever! Come on! Answer our challenge! This ends now. Get out! Get out! Don't you hear it, Hunter's gonna blow a gasket here. Here he comes, here he comes. Get out of my ring, and I am gonna end this at WrestleMania. Occupy Raw has taken over. Another fun and unique moment in the history of Raw, something I enjoyed watching, and again, something I enjoyed going back and watching again today to prepare for this podcast. So, another one that I enjoyed, the most recent of the bunch, and now we're going to rewind again and go back in time several years. I appreciate the fact that you and the World Wrestling Federation care. And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my... the very first Stone Cold Stunner for Vince McMahon and the real starting point for the hottest angle in the history of wrestling. So Vince had been trying to calm Stone Cold down, who had been out injured, and the storyline was that he couldn't wrestle, therefore wasn't making any money and was struggling to make ends meet, wanted to get back in the ring, couldn't get cleared for his uh, neck issues from the pile driver from Owen Hart, and Vince McMahon trying to play the sympathetic boss, explaining that it's for his own good, and Stone Cold, who had been on a bit of a tear, hitting officials and referees and commentators with stunners, nails Vince, and the crowd goes absolutely wild, and... As you can hear in the background, he's arrested and sent to jail afterwards. So just a really, really hot angle. Um, and the start of things to come between these two. So really good stuff. Moving right along to our next moment, though, we're going to switch gears a little bit and see if you remember this one. Here 
Bernard Weddle next week in Anaheim when Randy Orton launches that aisle as the world heavyweight champion. What a celebration that'll be. Back in the good old U.S. of A. there's maybe not got the best audio clip to accompany it so if you can't recognize the moment it's the night after SummerSlam when Randy Orton defeats Chris Benoit for the world heavyweight title the next night on Raw he defends in a rematch and successfully defends the title keeping it Evolution come out to celebrate he's up on Batista's shoulders Triple H giving the big thumbs up and then out of nowhere thumbs down Batista drops him back with an electric chair drop and a three-on-one assault from the rest of Evolution begins so this is the first Triple H moment I've got on the list here so if Kyle's listening he'll definitely enjoy that won't be the last one though Triple H does appear on this list a, a decent amount so good stuff but yeah this angle was really good Orton sort of flirted with the lines of being a baby face because the match with Benoit was so good and he was a young guy getting a crack at the title and a run with the belt and I think the writing was on the wall that people wanted to cheer for him but maybe this will go down as not the best way to have done it simply because he didn't really get his revenge um had this angle led to Orton successfully sort of fending off all of evolution it could have gone on to be something really good um but Orton's sort of popularity in the main event scene stop started a little bit but this night was certainly a really really promising build up a good angle a really solid turn um not the traditional face turn because obviously it was just turned on by all his friends and the baby face stuff would have to come after the fact but it was a really awesome moment one that got me out of my seat watching this as well so fantastic moment on the list here and one that i you know, I keep saying I enjoyed going back and watching, but one that I've never really forgotten. So this is a really enjoyable moment. Let me know what you guys thought of that one. And we'll move on to the next moment on the list. Chris Jericho! Oh, come on down. Oh, I can tell he's popular. I can tell he's popular. Where is he? Where, where's Chris? Where's Chris? Chris, wherefore where art thou? Chris Jericho! Chris! On down! Chris, you're being paid! <laughs> Where's Chris? I don't see. Chris, we're waiting for Here he comes! Here's Chris! Doesn't look too happy. Oh. He's like he's like a lot of contestants. He's taking his time because he knows that he's getting more camera time. He wants everybody to know he's here. All right, Chris, get down there. Now, now we want to find out what are they going to bid on, please, Howard. And now, Chris, happy boy, what do you bid? Chris, are you awake? He's in a hypnotic state down there. Give me your bid. Uh oh, he's headed this way. Chris. It's down there that you bid. 
Chris, I want your bid. I need the fourth bid to go on here. What do you have to say? What do you bid? You know, Chris, your mother would not be proud of you the way you're behaving. You do know that. First of all, now nobody. Wait. The man talks. He's actually speaking. What did you say? What did you say? Please. He's pouting. He's pouting. I told him that his mother would not be proud. He's being naughty, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. You watch your mouth, Barker. Let me explain something to you. Yes. Do you understand? Let me explain something to you, Go old right man. Ahead. Go right ahead. Nobody calls me Chris. No, what do no. they call you? You need to show me respect. Yeah. I have been, I'm respectfully asking for your bid. Don't boo. I think it encourages you. You need to call me Mr. Jericho. I do. Yes, you do. You need to pander to me and show Why? me respect Why? because I am the best in the world well, at what debatable. I do. That's debatable, I'm sure. I'm sure the audience would agree. And I am one half. One, one. Did one. you hear that? Yeah, I'm I heard one the half. number one. I'm one. That's your bid. No. One, oh. one. Get off the stage. <laughs> Down there you go. That is your bid. Get down there. Get, pick up your ta name tag now and be a good boy. Chris Jericho on The Price is Right on Raw. This was just absolutely hilarious. I loved this segment when it came out. Um, the Jericho Bob Barker stuff was brilliant, but also marked what I believe was the first appearance of IRS in many, many years. So long-time listeners of the show will know as well. I've got a bit of a soft spot for IRS and seeing him on The Price is Right on Monday Night Raw got me in the mood for this show so the Jericho Bob Barker interaction as well was incredible as I just played a little bit of that for you there but this show it just had that feel-good fun factor to it so a lot of the guest host stuff really fell flat and just came off as shameless cheap plugs in sort of payment for celebrities lending their name to WWE in a time where it wasn't the cool place to be so this one definitely bucked the trend a little bit and gave everybody something they could sink their teeth into and enjoy so definitely one of my favorite raw memories and something that I always look back upon fondly moving on from there we're going to have a look at another little raw memory and see if you can remember this one that damn shirt off you damn right it's your back take the stupid shirt off I want it
is one of those times that WWE ripped off their own angles to great effect. The milk carton uh, spraying the alliance on Austin Appreciation Night with milk. Angle throwing milk cartons at them in the ring. Stasiak running out and taking a bump into the milk truck. The whole thing was just brilliant. It was at that awesome mix when wrestling's really good when it's got intensity mixed with comedy and the two meshing very, very well. Um, one's not overdone and the other's not overdone. It just really was an awesome moment. One of them things that if you're a wrestling fan, you can go back and watch this and laugh at pretty much any point in time. The milk truck was amazing. The whole Austin turning heel and joining the Alliance uh, was maybe not the best idea they ever had, but this was certainly one of those nights where you got you really did get some good stuff out of it. So the matches that followed between Angle and Austin as well, also very, very good. So definitely had that awesome mix. In fact, the two of them together previous to this with the, um, the comedy segments backstage with Vince. Really, the comedy was brilliant with these guys, yet every time they got in the ring, the intensity kicked up, and the matches were amazing. So definitely a pairing I enjoyed, and this was probably the highlight of their run together during 2001. So very, very good stuff. And if you haven't seen it, definitely go and check it out. What with Vader, Gorilla Monsoon, Angle on Monday Night Raw? Any backstories behind it? Uh, well, it was cool. There, there's not really any backstories because I didn't really know what we were going to do until we got there and they told us. Uh, so there there was no time for a backstory. It was just the story. Gorilla obviously was a huge fucking name in, in the old WWWF and in the all over the Northeast. And... I mean, he was, even though his name was known nationally, he didn't work a lot of different places because he got over so strong. He was college educated, uh, uh, amateur athlete at a high level. He got over so good and got in so good because he had such a good mind for business that he became an owner and, and pretty much stayed in the Northeast and, and, uh, slowed his, in-ring schedule down, but made a fucking fortune as one of the original owners of Vince part owners of Vince senior's company. And then with Vince for all those years. So he was a genius. And it was, it was cool to be able to do that. Cause he was a legend. And even, <laughs> even though he took, he took more when he started backing Vader up with those chops and it, this was in California. So it wasn't like it was gorilla's backyard, but they even popped cause they knew him from TV just as the president of the WWF, this big fucker. But Vader sold a lot more for him than he would have for any other 50-something-year-old man at that point when he was backing him up with those chops before Leon finally lowered the boom on him. <laughs> I was just afraid that, that he was going to get hurt and we'd, be, we'd have the heat for it. But everything turned out fine. So they've got Jim Cornette talking briefly about the angle that we have already dissected on this show. Gorilla Monsoon being attacked by Vader and left laying in the middle of the ring. This is what allowed Roddy Piper to come back as the interim president of the WWF up until WrestleMania 12, which will be one of the next shows you hear from us, uh, reviewing the Iron Man match and all the surroundings going into that. But this was a really hot angle that got Vader over as an absolute monster. As far as starts go, this is right up there with one of the best starts for a guy that you can have if you want to push them as a monster heel in the company. It's just a shame they never really carried this on and rode the momentum of Vader into something special because coming off the back of this, he definitely could have been the top heel in the company for a long time to come. So whilst it may have been squandered eventually, the moment itself remains as one of the ones that has really left a lasting impression in my mind at least. We will only use the words ass, damn, hell, and bitch. We will never, however, use the words shit, fuck, goddamn, 
Jesus Christ, faggot, or any other racial or sexual slurs. Now then, as it pertains to video, we promise there will be less dick references. Oh, shit. Watch your fucking mouth. Oh, fuck me. God damn it. Fuck. Anyway, there will be less penis references. Oh, and one last thing. Even though many of you believe that currently the favorite pastime in the oral office is swallow the leader, I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. <laughs> Another DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H moment in here, but this was one that just tickled me, especially being a teenager at the time this came out. I just thought this was brilliant. Um, the edgy sort of attitude in wrestling in the late 90s was something that I really enjoyed. I think it, it went with the era, but it's something that I think needs to somewhat come a little bit back if it's ever going to be considered cool again. I know they've got sponsors and they make money and they could be bought by Disney or Vince could buy Newcastle United or, you know, billion dollar moves, million dollar moves, all this crap. I don't care. I would just like to see one of the, my favorite pastimes from growing up actually be considered reasonably cool again. And this is certainly a step in that direction. Not that I expect it will ever come back, but yeah, the Attitude Era produced some gems and this is definitely one that I enjoyed. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it and it's a pretty fond memory of mine. Allow me as the sole owner of the World Wrestling Federation, allow me to... Wait a second. What is that? It can't be what I think it could be. But it is! What? There's the Nature Boy! What's he doing here? Nature Boy Ric Flair! He lives here in Charlotte! Standing ovation here at the Coliseum in the Queen City. Wait a minute. He's got no business here. He's a party crasher. You want me to just cut it quick right away? I fell out a window last night. And do you know that when Shane and Stephanie sold their stock to that consortium, that the consortium, woo! Wait a minute. What is he saying? Wait a second. The consortium? You don't mean... The consortium was me! And now you and I are limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. You know why? Because we're partners. What? Oh, my God. Blair and McMahon are partners? Yeah. Vince, he's going to have a nature boy. This was another really cool Raw moment, the return of Ric Flair um, the night after Survivor Series 2001. Vince had vanquished the Alliance, getting rid of Shane and Stephanie, and he thought he had the sole ownership of the WWF, only to be party crashed by Ric Flair. 
Now, this was the second big return of the night. Uh, you may have heard on commentary, JR and Jerry the King Lawler and just thought it's classic Attitude Era Raw. But actually, this was Lawler's first night back after a hiatus involving the firing of his then-wife, the cat, and him walking out in dispute. And Paul Heyman had handled the color commentary duties for the majority of the year. Uh, at the start of the show, with the Alliance being gone, Heyman was escorted out and Jerry Lawler was whizzed back into a decent pop. And that was a really good moment in itself, but it was definitely one-upped in the last segment of the show when Ric Flair came out, announced to Vince that they were partners, and what you can't see listening to the clip here, obviously, is the absolute best facial expression, um, or possibly equal best facial expression I've ever seen in wrestling. So when... Flair comes and puts his arm around Vince and announces their partners. Vince grabs his ear and just has this look of disbelief that me and my brother still do to each other to this day, just being goofballs. It is so funny. Um, I say equal best facial expression ever because Vince peering over the ring apron with blood on his face in his street fight with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 19 is also right up there for one of the best facial expressions I've ever seen. So splitting hairs on which one I found more entertaining if for different reasons. But yeah, an absolutely awesome moment. And a little bit of a false dawn again, which has become a theme of this podcast so far, because the invasion angle certainly went out with a whimper. It wasn't what everyone, especially myself included, thought it could be. And then this was kind of the reset button, and it was reset with the hottest of hot angles, Flair debuting again in Charlotte in front of a rabid crowd, announcing himself as a new owner, giving a great little dynamic of Vincent Flair that we could build off, and it would see a lot of good stuff, but unfortunately it probably didn't last as long as it could have done, and they didn't get the mileage out of it before deciding just to make Flair a character again on TV. But Definitely something that on the night was awesome and lasted a little while before the legs uh, sort of went on this one. So another favorite raw memory of mine there. We understand that Mick Foley in their world title. Oh, it's going to put some butts in the seat. If I had to pick the most memorable moment in my career on Raw, it would be uh, winning the WWE title for the, for the first time. Mankind has achieved his dream and the dream of everyone else who's been told you can't do it. It was something that was uh, I never thought I'd see. He's come a long way since sleeping on the floors of Motel 6s. And it was coming at a time in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, at a really pivotal time. It turned out to be not only a big victory for me in the ring, but a huge victory for WWE in the ratings. This is another one of those moments that I just remember like it was yesterday. Mick Foley winning the WWF title from The Rock on Raw. DX of the corporation around ringside. Austin coming out with a chair and giving the assist. And just that awesome feel-good moment of Foley getting his first title, announcing to his kids on TV that he'd won the belt. And just everybody really appreciating that this was a man that definitely deserved a title victory in his career and getting that crowning moment in one of the hottest periods of wrestling on live tv just a fantastic moment in the attitude era and in wrestling in general um mick foley's definitely one of those guys at the time there he was a really hard worker he'd put throw his body around for the sake of a match or for the company and 
really did deserve this. So an awesome moment. And the match itself was pretty good as well with the DX and Corporation stuff on the outside actually enhancing the story um, as opposed to just being overbooked, which can happen in this time period. And the celebration afterwards, DX lifting him on his shoulders, doing a lap around the ring with the belt. Just really, really good stuff. One of the best moments in Raw history. Um, These are all just my favorite moments, but this is definitely up there. And if you weren't making a definitive top 25, this would absolutely be high up on that list. And seeing as you are back in the WWF because of Vince McMahon, The Rock has one thing to say. You talked about headlining, main eventing, WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Well, Hulk Hogan, The Rock says, how do you feel about headlining one more WrestleMania with The Rock? Oh, my God! The Rock has has challenged Hogan! He's challenged Hogan for WrestleMania! Oh, my gosh! This was one made by the crowd. The moment was electric. Um, The match itself is something the crowd really delivered on in the Sky Dome in Toronto. But WrestleMania 18, The Rock challenging Hulk Hogan. Forget all the silliness that came afterwards with the ambulance attack with the NWO and everything. But this moment here where The Rock comes out to challenge Hulk Hogan is one of those moments where it is truly electric. Um... I talked about the crowd being a big difference maker on the Raw Attitude podcast recently, and this is just, I'm partial to a moment where the crowd is genuinely invested and isn't trying to get themselves over. I I do enjoy a funny crowd chant now and again, but I think wrestling is at its best when the crowd are so hyped that they're believing what's going on, or able to suspend their disbelief anyway. I mean, Nobody really thinks The Rock and Hulk Hogan are about to have a genuine athletic contest, especially at Hogan's age. But hearing the crowd go wild for the idea of this match actually taking place is just one of them special moments I'll never forget from watching Monday Night Raw. It was just really, really good stuff. Um, Rock, Hogan, two of the biggest stars ever. You can debate all you want whether or not this should have been Austin in this spot, but I think the reaction to this match proved why this was a good idea to go this way you have really three of the biggest stars and it could have gone either way with austin or the rock challenging but i think the fact that we never saw austin and the and hulk hogan in later years shows why maybe this was the best idea as well because it's obvious those two were never going to be able to get along to put on a match and with the egos involved that's maybe for the best because it could have turned out pretty brutal but this one didn't the match lived up to all the hype if you are able to look past the fact that it wasn't a five-star technical classic and enjoy the story of the match which the crowd was into i was able to do that and can still go and back and watch this match to this day it is fairly basic hogan was injured out of shape uh, just lack of ring time recently he was he looked good but maybe the conditioning wasn't there but the match itself because of what it was was really really enjoyable so definitely one that i could go back and watch at any time and this moment on raw is one of my favorites king i knew i had a snake what you gotta be kidding me how many nights have we sat at ringside and enjoyed sometimes being shocked at the antics of degeneration x
sometimes negatively, to be quite frank about it. They were always looking in the eye of the storm, and it looks like that Shawn Michaels and the game is where we're setting. At least for one run anyway, put the edge back together. So this moment that you just heard there was bittersweet for me. Um, this is the second Shawn Michaels return of sorts on this countdown list. This is where Shawn Michaels convinced Triple H to come to Raw, leave SmackDown. And then during the course of Raw, Triple H unveiled to Shawn in the backstage that he had a bag with something in it. And you sort of got the inkling that might be some DX gear and this might be on. And sure enough, the return of DX after many years and after the false start with the NWO, this was the one that really got me hyped. I, you know, you know from listening to this list so far and to me in general that I'm a big DX fan. And when that music hit and they came out and did the DX entrance, I was marking out like a mother. You would not believe it. And then, of course... Triple H has to go and spoil it all and hit Shawn Michaels with a pedigree that no good lousy bastard ruined my moment here. This was DX coming back and not like DX came back later where it was for the most part pretty god awful. This looked like the genuine return to the original Degeneration X before they blew it but what a moment, what a memory. Um, the crowd just talk about taking them on that high before dropping them off the cliff with the roller coaster. It's just brilliant really really good stuff um and one of those moments again i'll never forget i've said that a lot during this which is obviously the point of this recording but something i yeah really really enjoyed even if it was bittersweet thanks to that no good lousy triple h As I was saying, Triple H, really good guy, creator of awesome moments on Monday Night Raw. Um, this was brilliant. I was really, really looking forward to Triple H coming back after his quad injury. And he was actually on the poster for the, I believe it was Vengeance or Armageddon. I always get the two confused. I think it was Vengeance, the last pay-per-view of 2001. You know, the one where a little incident happened where Trip, uh, sorry, Triple H, where Chris Jericho became the first ever undisputed champion. Um, he was on the poster for that. And I remember thinking all the way through the show, he was coming back. I, you know, before I was really a true internet smart fan before, you know, I read the occasional bit online here at this point and read the magazines, but I didn't quite get that these promotional posters were done months in advance and it was an estimate that he might be there. We've all learned that lesson since, but even when Jericho won the belt, I was just waiting for Triple H to come out to end the show, and it never happened, and 
in the end, it's probably for the best because this episode of Raw from the 7th of January 2002, uh, Madison Square Garden, he comes out and JR mentions in that clip that it's one of the loudest sustained roars he's ever heard. And I have to agree with that. It was a really, really big pop. Triple H got an overwhelming response for coming back. Um, it didn't all, you know, it, it didn't carry on that way with the poorly booked WrestleMania main event angle, but for now and leading into the Royal Rumble, Triple H was as hot as he'd ever been in the company, so this was really, really good. One of the moments that sticks in all our minds, um, and yeah, one of my favourite Triple H moments as well as one of my favourite Raw moments, so definitely one that I enjoy going back and listening to, and it's just, you know, fairly simple, just him coming out and making his entrance and soaking up the adulation of the crowd, it's, it's great. This was an awesome angle from the early years of Raw. Shawn Michaels in the ring bragging, being the typical cocky heel he is in the Intercontinental Champion, saying he'll take on anyone. Marty Jannetty appears out of the crowd in a hoodie, and no one knows who he is at first, and then he unveils himself and challenges Shawn for the Intercontinental title, who has to accept after saying he'll face anyone. And later on in the show, they get the match. Mr. Perfect comes out and distracts Michaels. Jannetty rolls him up, picks up the 1-2-3, and wins the Intercontinental title, um, looking like it's going to reignite the hot feud with Jannetty and Michaels, which had been stop-start due to Jannetty const constantly getting fired, and this looked like we were all systems go. It wouldn't carry on that way for too long. Jannetty would get himself in trouble again, drop the belt back, and be back out of the company, but this was a really, really brilliant moment that, again, helped set the tone for Raw in the early days, and... Jannetty's one of those guys, even though he's screwed it up so many times, I do really have a soft spot for him. I thought he was a really good wrestler, and part of that as well is something that's not going to be appearing on this list, but is a really, really cool moment, was when he came back during, I think it's about 2004, during Shawn Michaels' feud with Kurt Angle, and he put on a really, really good match with Kurt. I can't remember if it was Raw or SmackDown off the top of my head, but he's just always had the ability and never backed it up with the common sense to get himself to the level that he should have done. But for this point in time, he was reaching his potential for this night. So one that we'll look back on and cherish if, you know, with regret that he didn't carry on with it anyway. I respect what you've done, Mike, but you're out here calling yourself the baddest man on the planet. Right now, you got your little beady eyes locked on the eyes of the world's toughest son of a... I could beat you any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Do I think, I, do I think you could beat my ass? Hell no. Do I think I could beat your ass? Why, hell yeah! I don't know how good your hearing is, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you.
the most famous moments off the list today. The Mike Tyson and Steve Austin confrontation uh, building towards the main event match where Tyson would be the special guest enforcer between Austin challenging for Shawn Michaels' world title at WrestleMania 14, one of my top three WrestleManias of all time. And this was a hot, hot build-up. This is one of the ones that really helped put WWF back on the map and get back in pole position in the Monday Night Wars. Um, one of the most famous moments in the history of Raw. This one doesn't really need any explaining, but it's something that I really, really enjoyed at the time, enjoy now. And that spontaneity is something that I really wish would come back to the WWF, WWE, whatever. Um, just a really, really cool angle. Um, the closest thing they've come to something like this, even though it was nowhere near as hot or, or money-making, would be the um, Floyd Mayweather Big Show angle many, many years later, which I thought was really cool, even a little bit different to this. But certainly this is, for my money, the best use of a celebrity in wrestling of all time. Um, it helped skyrocket the WWF. It gave Mike Tyson a payday when the boxing world was shunning him. It put one of the most famous names and infamous names on the planet onto our TV screens on Monday night, and that was going to be hard to combat from WCW no matter what they did. So really, really good stuff. Helped turn the tide, helped put WWE back on the map, made Vince McMahon a lot of money, and gave us all great TV. So pretty much the perfect angle all round. Very personal here. That's what this is about. Then tonight, in front of all the Rocks fans, you will go one-on-one -on -one with the great one. Rock laying down a challenge to the big show tonight. And go on and check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Big show's gonna need a big king-sized bed, isn't he? No, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Millennium Clock. It's the Millennium JR 10, 9, Countdown, 6, to the Millennium, 4, we're counting down, 3, 2, we're counting it down. What? 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 This was a huge moment in Raw history for me. This is one that sort of showed a real turning of the tide in the Monday Night Well, I know WWF was definitely in the ascendancy by now, and WCW was pretty much throwing itself down the toilet. But this was a moment for me personally as a fan where I realized that you could now become a bigger star standing on the Raw stage than you could doing anything on WCW Nitro. The pop Jericho got, I mean, it looked like everyone knew who was coming. I had no idea personally. I wasn't really on the internet at the, in, in 99. Um, 
So huge surprise. I'd seen a little bit of WCW knew who Jericho was, but the ovation he got, the signs, the the crowd, and then immediately going up against The Rock, who admittedly got the better of him, but it was straight in there with the biggest star or one of the biggest stars in the industry at the time. It was really, really good stuff. So for me, I thought this was one of their moments that you, if you watched it, you'd just never forget it. So really awesome stuff. I suggest if you haven't watched it in a while, definitely go back and watch this. I enjoyed it. The dueling is great, and whilst Jericho's initial portion of his run to him was underwhelming, I bought him as a star pretty much straight away. I never saw the clunkiness in the matches or the issues over the Intercontinental title, especially with China as being a step down because it was above where he was in WCW, and for me, the Intercontinental title's always been that sort of thing you get to see if you're going to make it into the main event, and he did pretty quickly. So for me, Jericho's debut and his first run, very, very cool. Something I enjoyed watching. Jericho went from strength to strength over the next couple of years in WWE and arguably over, you know, the whole history of his run there. I mean, he's still got a huge pop on Raw 25 just by standing backstage and cracking a joke at the expense of Elias. So really good stuff and big Jericho fan. Now, before we move on to our next favorite moment that I've got from Raw, I'm going to warn everyone that I've tried pretty well throughout this show so far to play a clip, give my comments on a clip, and keep them fairly short. It's a very clip-heavy show. Um, that's something I actually am looking for feedback on at the moment. Whether or not you think on the usual episodes the clips need to be more or less, or you prefer to have less of them, prefer to have more or longer periods of them, let me know, please, on Twitter. Um, but this next one, it's going to be about 14 minutes long, but I just can't pick a favourite moment from this. It's actually... Not a cent, not one moment as such as it is a little mini feud that developed on Raw and just had me in stitches and this alone was worth watching Raw. If we had something of this calibre on Raw today, I would watch Raw. I'd suffer through just to wait for these moments. So if you want to skip ahead, you could skip ahead. It'll be about 14 minutes. I don't think you should. I think you should listen to this. Even if you're familiar with it, it's still awesome to go back and listen to. Holy let down. The Rock. You used to be an idol, an icon, loved by millions and millions. Yet tonight you come out and you trash the people. What's up with that? <clears throat> Who in the green hell are you? Oh, no, no, you know, don't answer that. The Rock knows who you are. Oh, yeah, The Rock knows exactly who you are. Is it green shirt, H on your chest, green mask? Oh, you're the Hamburglar. Yeah, you're that cat that works for McDonald's. Go get me a cheeseburger. Go get The Rock a cheeseburger. No ketchup. Oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, no, no, don't go nowhere. The Rock knows exactly who you are. Yeah, yeah, you're the resident superhero, the hurricane. The Rock knows who you are, my man. Yeah, don't you ever bust in The Rock's door like that again. You hear? Hey, but what's more importantly than that, The Rock remind you of something. You ain't nothing. You understand that? Every superhero can whip that ass, every single one of them. Every single one of them. Superman, Batman, Aquaman. Oh yeah, Aquaman, the dude that talks to the fish, he'll whip that little candy ass just like that. Well, I know one superhero who I could definitely beat. <laughs> this is a joke. Who? The Scorpion King. Oh no, you, you're a, no, no, no. There is no way you can beat the Scorpion King. You don't. Brandon Frazier beat the Scorpion King. But that, 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 he did not. That was a special effect for the movie, for Christ. The Scorpion King Let is the most powerful. Let me ask you one question, Rock. Just one more. Can The Rock 
fly. We've been smoking them funny cigarettes, so rock them fly and whip that candy ass around. We're good! Because tonight the hurricane is gonna send your candy ass flying over the top rope in that battle royal. And there you see the great one. Every man for himself. A 20 man over the top rope battle royal. Well, it's impressive. There's no doubt about it. The man, the rocks, and the inflammatory remarks. Well, the rocks shocked the world when he appeared on Raw. Special dispensation by Mr. McMahon. I guess SmackDown has won. One second. <laughs> nah. Holy hypocrite. Just last week, you challenged Stone Cold Steve Austin to meet you face to face. And yet this week, you got Eric Bischoff and his criminal committee doing all your dastardly work. What's up with that? <clears throat> How long have you been sitting in there? Huh? You've been watching The Rock all night long, walking around here naked? Uh, don't, don't, don't answer that. No, no, no. Don't answer that. Tell you what. The Rock's glad you're here. The Rock's glad you're here because he, I wanted to talk to you. The Rock, the Rock, he was going to go looking for you. Do you remember last week when you came waltzing in to The Rock's locker? You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and, you talk, and you talked about how, how, the, how the hurricane could just whip the Scorpion King's ass. Yeah, you remember that? And you also talk, talked about how the hurricane could just, is going to toss The Rock over the top rope. Remember that? Well, if The Rock's memory serves him correctly, <laughs> It was the rock that tossed your little hamburglar monkey ass right over the top rope. Remember that? Made you with all your friends. You had Grimace and, and Mayor McCheese, Ronald McDonald, all them. Yeah. Remember that? More importantly than that, more importantly than that, when the rock tossed you over the top rope, he was screaming something. The rock was screaming something very important. 
in your ear. Do you remember what The Rock was screaming? I remember you screaming. But it was when Booker T threw your ass over the top rope that you were screaming. Like this. Don't do that. No, none of that. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, stop cheering. Hey, it didn't throw. No, it didn't. You hear the rock, he didn't throw. The Booker T didn't throw the rock over the top rope. The rock tripped over the top rope. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Oh, the rock said that's what happened. Yes. Let the rock, let, let the rock, let the rock remind you of something. Let the rock remind you of something. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. You ain't no superhero. Not like the Scorpion King. You're a hundred pounds of nothing. Five feet, nothing. Oh, excuse the rock one second. Excuse the rock. His cell phone's going off. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Cacao, hello. Hey, it's nothing. He says he knows you. You're nothing. Ah, uh, don't laugh at the rock's jokes. Tells you nothing. You're not. Hey, as a superhero, <laughs> you've got braces. You've got braces. What, what are you, you're the president of student council? Is that what you're going to do? What are you gonna, you're going to go sell band candy after the show? <laughs> Get your little hamburger, green monkey ass out of the... Before you leave, before you leave, before you go fly out and you do all that uh, unrealistic crap, I want to remind you of something. The Rock, when he threw you over the top rope, he was saying to you, he was screaming to you. He was screaming to you, he said, hey, the greatest line a superhero has ever said, the Scorpion King, he said, Haku Mashente Da. Haku Mashente Da. Do you remember that? Do you have any idea what that means? Do you have any idea? Do you, can you fathom how, how enormous that is? Do you know what Akumashente means? Well, apparently, from what I saw behind that curtain, it means the Scorpion King got a tiny ding-a-ling. No! 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 Hey, whoa! I mean, there's a reason they call the Rock the Rock. Oh yeah, easy, big fella. Oh yeah. Oh no! No! That! Stop laughing. How about back to reality? A place that you clearly have no idea where that's at because you are clearly insane. The Rock asked you this. What do, what do you want? What do you want? I'm here, Rock, because I figured you out. You're a coward. You're afraid of Steve Austin. You're afraid of Stone Cold. That's why you got Eric Bischoff to do all your dirty work today. You see, you talk a big game, and your gums, they do flap. But it would appear that you're full of Brahma bull crap. scared of nobody! Nobody! You are still a man! What's up, man? About time you got here. 
Rock has one question. Are you ready to go one-on-one -on -one with the great one? I think the question is, are you ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the superhero? your green ass, Rock is ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a superhero. You know why? You know why? Because after three long weeks of you being a pain in the Rock's ass, a thorn in the Rock's thigh, after three long weeks, the biggest match on Raw, the biggest match ever on Raw, superhero versus superhero, the Scorpion King versus the Hurricane. And you know why the Rock is so excited about this? You know why? He can see how excited you are. But check this out, I'll tell you why. Because no disqualifications, all, all superpowers go. All superpowers go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you know what? The Scorpion King tonight, live Cleveland, he, he's, he's gonna bring his x-ray vision, night vision, heat vision, cable vision, <laughs> pearl vision. <laughs> oh, man, hey. hey what, what, what superpowers you gonna bring? What superpowers Hurricane got? Hamburglar! <laughs> hey, what you gonna do? You gonna throw a chicken McNugget at the rock? You gonna hit the rock in the head with a cheeseburger? <laughs> what superpowers do you have? I got my hurry powers, bitch! Ooh. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you very much. You got a lot of class, you know that? Insulting the rock like that. A lot of class and it's all low. You know, you reminded the rock exactly why, why he wants to whip that ass tonight. Why the Scorpion King is gonna, is gonna take that green monkey ass out tonight. Yeah, you know why? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, you talked trash about how, how Booker T threw the rock over the top rope. The rock tripped, okay? The rock tripped! Oh, oh yeah. And, and, and uh, you talk about how, how the rock was scared of Austin. No, hey, rock ain't scared of nobody, especially Austin. And, 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 and you okay, also... wait. The tiny ding a -ling. Yeah, that's right. Ah, no! No! Ah, hey, hey, hey. Easy, big fella. Easy. You understand that? You understand that? I'll tell you what, man. In all seriousness, this is the biggest night of your life. This is the biggest night of your life. Raw, live. Hurricane Scorpion King. I just want to say this. Rock knows you can bring it. Bring it. Because the rock will bring it. Good luck. Good luck. I'll see you out there. Oh! Oh! <laughs> what a cheat shot!
So there you have it, one of my absolute favourite pieces of comedy and also a great booking because it really elevated the hurricane during this time. Rock was a really selfless guy at bringing people up when he, um, when he was around regularly. And yeah, this is definitely one of my long-term favourite memories of The Rock and just Raw in general. So really enjoyed going back and listening to that and watching that as well. But moving right along, we're going to skip back to possibly my favourite year ever in wrestling and that's 1998. And when you start an army, when you set out to do what no one else can do, the first thing you do is you look to your blood. You look to your buddies. You look to your friends. You look to the click. servant for two years you run up a lot of feelings talk to him kid Albany New York race up hell and make a lot of noise first things first I got a little something something I gotta get off my chest right now uh oh. I heard Hulk Hogan come out on television saying I couldn't cut the mustard. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. <laughs> so I don't think you have any room to talk about anybody cutting any kind of mustard. And Hulk, I got. I got some more advice for you. You better not stop short or Eric Bischoff will go so far up your ass, he'll know what you had for breakfast. Well, he's telling the truth so far. And now on to important matters at hand. I'm sitting at home with my mind on my money, on my money, on my mind. And I get a call from one of my best friends of my entire life, Triple H. And he says, DX needs your help. Well, damn it, Triple H. Anytime you ever need anything from me, pal, you got it. And I got something else to say. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be standing right here with us if they weren't being held hostage by World Championship Wrestling. And that's a fact, Eric Bischoff. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. So this actually comes from one of my all-time favorite episodes of Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania 14. Um, Austin getting the new title belt, being arrested, going to jail, uh, DX forming. It's I think I'm pretty sure it's got the the big classic blue cage with the outlaws taking on Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, and 
X-Pac coming out to help with that as well, and DX properly forming as the, the group it was for the longer period of time. But yeah, just overall a fantastic um, moment, episode. I've always been a huge X-Pac fan, and watching him come back on Raw was fantastic. So overall, a definite thumbs up for me, and one of my definitely favourite moments of Raw. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to that as well. Um, something I've been back and watched many, many times over. I know a lot of that stuff off by heart, so really cool to add that in. And yep, definitely another one of my favourites. That being said, we're going to move right along and look at another one of my favourite wrestlers and one of my favourite moments from him on Monday Night Raw. The Undertaker, Big Jeff Hardy, a career-defining match, a ladder match for the undisputed championship. There will be no pinfall, there will be no submissions, there are no disqualifications nor kickouts. The first man to use the ladder, climb it, and retain the belt is the champion. Jeff Hardy's career could die here tonight in this matchup, or it could be made. This is about Jeff Hardy trying to live his dream. I think now you're seeing the dominance of The Undertaker start to emerge. Jeff Undertaker, most sadistic. Undertaker loves punishing people. He loves hurting people. Jeff Hardy asks for this match. I know. And he's getting it. Jeff Hardy trying to fight back. He's giving The Undertaker everything he's got. Everything he's got. Jeff Hardy fighting back. That's a big ladder. That's a bigger ladder than they started with. Go for it! Go for it, Jeff! Climb your asshole! He's touching the goal! Oh, my God! Ooh, what a vile shot to the spine Ooh, by The Undertaker. Oh, yeah, The Undertaker's going to make him really famous. Oh, Jeff got the chair. He still got that damn chair! legitimately love this match. I'm a huge Undertaker fan, and this is one that really got me hyped about Jeff Hardy. I was never really a big Hardys fan, but this match definitely turned the corner on Jeff Hardy for me. Um, I just, it was phenomenal. Even listening back to that clip of the highlights and all the big calls, I mean, everything about it was great. Undertaker was long overdue a title run, in my opinion. He'd been around for so long and got so few chances with the belt. Um, He was in his big evil sort of dead man character with the the short hair and the, the motorbike and was really sort of coming off as an awesome heel. Jeff Hardy was a huge babyface underdog. The latter match was his match. And Lawler and JR were on top of their game on commentary. This was in the time when the undisputed title holder would sort of have a feud on one show 
that would be heading to the next pay-per-view but have a mini feud on the other show to keep them ticking over because they could appear on both shows um so the show that had the off pay-per-view month would just have a tv feud running undertaker had one with jeff hardy and with tommy dreamer as well um and some really good stuff came of it i actually didn't mind the concept of the one champion traveling between the shows i certainly prefer it to having two world titles which i just think is is ridiculous it's just how can one company have two world champions it dilutes it completely but we're going off on a tangent so we'll ignore that but yeah really awesome moment if you've never seen this ladder match definitely go and watch it if you have seen it and you enjoyed it as much as i do let me know um but yeah something i really enjoyed and i will definitely get around to reviewing that for the podcast i'll pigeonhole it in there somehow but we'll get there at some point all right moving right along let's have a look at what the next moment is as we come towards the end of 25 of my favorite raw moments So yeah, we go all the way back to the early days of Monday Night Raw. Mr. Perfect defeating Ric Flair in a loser leaves the WWF matchup. Um, obviously, Flair was on his way back to WCW, but being young and naive, we weren't to know that at the time. And it just came off as a really big deal and really helped cement Raw as the new sort of it show for wrestling in the early 90s. Um, obviously, 25 years later, it's still there and the biggest show for wrestling. But this was one of those moments that really helped establish it. And a really good match as well. Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair on free tv so back in the early 90s not the kind of thing you would see very often definitely worthwhile checking out and still holds up pretty well to this day i think he is the rock look the part of the rock will now be played by triple h look at that eyebrow <laughs> that mean? You know, the crock just came from the bathroom. The crock. And mm, you should have smelled what the rock was cooking. <laughs> oh, look at Bilo. Nation ain't gonna like this. I ain't thinking. You should have smelled what the rock was baking. The rock was baking. Brother was baking. <laughs> look at, look at Bilo. He's the man. When it comes to the crock and the ladies, and the crock hits rock bottom, he has no choice but to lay that smack down on himself. <laughs> you hear that? The brother smacks himself down. Oh, look at Dino. Oh, man. Uh, can you imagine the rock? He's broken every piece of furniture in his living room right now. Hey, wait a minute. Look at this guy. Is that his nose or did park a bus on his face? Supposed to be Owen Hart. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Listen <laughs> that. It is Owen Hart. Did you hear that? So voice? what? Nobody listens to me. Nobody gives a damn what I think. And what the hell am I doing wearing this ridiculous outfit? <laughs> I look like a damn road sign. <laughs> what the hell am I? A school crossing? You know, 
I tried to be a tough guy, but I just couldn't grow my damn beard in. <laughs> and you know what? I am not a nugget. I'm a black heart, damn it. A winner, a soul survivor. Woo! Oh, things are not well in Calgary tonight. That is, that is Owen Hart. A classic that I'm sure you've all seen a thousand times, but yeah, DX impersonating the nation was hilarious. Um, definitely blackface probably wouldn't hold up in this day and age, but, you know, 1998, things were a little bit more loose and things were a little bit more acceptable. But yeah, it was definitely really bloody funny. Um, the Jason sensation as Owen Hart was just incredible. And Triple H did an awesome job as The Rock. And Road Dog, probably my highlight of the whole thing, as Belo Brown was really, really funny stuff. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm sure you've all watched it a thousand times. I'm not going to keep repeating the same catchphrase 25 times. Or if, you should definitely go back and watch it. But if the off chance you were, you know, not watching wrestling in the 90s and you haven't seen it, then you can do the maths for yourself. Anywho, that is bringing us right along. We have two more raw moments that I want to put in to my 25, so let's do it. Afterwards, Stone Cold's gonna drink a hell of a lot of beer, but I think we ought to share a little pre-match beer right now. Pre-match beer? He's gonna break. I'll tell you what, hey, Stone Cold Jabroni, you come out here and you make your idle threats like you're the great one, but obviously you're not. So The Rock says, you take that truck and drive it right back down. No, you're wrong. So there we have it, 24 of my favourite Raw moments of all time. 24, you might say, that's not 25 that you promised us, you cheating bastard. And in which case, I'd say, no need to swear, give me time. 
And I do have for you, I said these were going to be in no particular order, but I think this is probably my all-time favorite Raw moment. It's going to come a little bit out of left field. It's probably not one that is considered one of the best moments of all time, simply because it didn't lead to anything, you know, led to a little bit of a divisive angle and some people didn't like it and whatnot. But the moment itself and the series of moments over the show may have been ruined at the end of the show, but forget that the moment, it was incredible. I loved it. I've watched this back to back to back to back over the years and something I thought I'd share with you right about now.
extreme. It seems to me like these men were too extreme for WWF versus WCW. It seems to me that this man and this man have left Shane McMahon's WCW. It looks to me like these six men have left Vince McMahon's WWF. It looks to me like they all have joined ECW. So Vince or Shane, anytime you guys want revenge, we'll take on the WWF, we'll take on WCW. We're not hard to find because this invasion just got taken to the extreme. My God, I thought ECW was not even in business anymore. So there you have it, 25 of my favourite ever Raw moments. Um, just a little something I came up with watching Raw 25 the other day. Um, <clears throat> something I thought I'd do to put a little bit more content out and give you guys a show while I'm trying to get these next couple of episodes tied up and ready for you. Um, the viewing numbers, viewing numbers, God, I'm not even on TV. It's late at night here in Australia. The listening numbers have been fantastic recently, so I'm hoping that a whole bunch of new listeners are going to enjoy getting a little bit more content and we're going to get some more feedback and some reviews. Um, as always, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, follow me on Twitter, uh, drop me a message or shoot me an email through at Nitropod at hotmail.com or send me a message on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. Get in touch. Always looking for more feedback and always looking for more people to appear on the show. So if you are new on board, please get in touch. Give me a shout. We're always happy to chat and get in touch with everybody. Everybody else, thank you for listening. Thank you as always. And I will speak to you all very, very soon.